Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today we finish our series called The Ascent. Have you enjoyed this month? I've really enjoyed it. Next month is going to be even better. But this month, we're finishing up. Today's message is called Hallways to High Places. I'm putting together something out of Revelation. Chapter 3 is where we're going to begin, verse 7. Jesus said unto the angel of the church or the messenger of the church in Philadelphia, write, go Phillies. No, that's not what they said. Anyway, no. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. Everybody say key of David. He who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, see, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. I want to read 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8. Paul writes, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And finally, from the Old Testament, I want to weave in Micah chapter 2, verse 13 from the Amplified, where the Bible calls Jesus the breaker. The Bible says the breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them, before God's people. They will break through. They will pass in through the gate and they will go out through it and their king will pass on before them the Lord at their head. Let's pray together one more time. Father, we ask you to bless your people today with the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the riches of the spirit of revelation as we we lean into deepening intimacy with you. Holy Spirit, would you come and move through your word today that what we declare today comes into the room and comes into the homes of people that are connecting with us online. Father, bless the people and open us up as we worship you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Last week we talked about miracles in your mouth. We've been talking this whole month. You were born for great things. You were not born for passive existence. You were born to change things. You were born to change things in a positive way. You were born for greatness because of Jesus in your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you. You were born to ascend into the high places of life and the enemy of your soul would love to keep you away from it. There are things you may have believed about God that were actually untrue that are keeping you back from God's best. The devil's devices that we're not to be ignorant of are all about deception and illusion. Getting you to look over here while he hits you over here. Illusion is just beginning to move things around to get you to look at the wrong thing and to be distracted while the enemy does something else. God wants you to live an abundant life. Enough and more than enough. That's God's best. I'm not talking about just finances. I'm talking about in every way, spirit, soul, and body, as we've been saying this whole month, in every area that Jesus paid the price on the cross, that he was the atonement for your sin and mine, 
He was the atonement for your poverty and mine. The atonement for your lack of peace and mine. He was the atonement for you to be free from demonic power and mine. And so everything, every area where Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice, the enemy has no more legal right. I didn't say he wouldn't do it. I didn't say he wouldn't try. I said it's not legal spiritually. And somebody has to enforce the victory that Jesus has come to give us. And he has given us that power. Amen? Now, you've probably heard the phrase more than one time in your life, when God closes one door, he always opens a new one. Or somebody said one time, yeah, God, when God opens a door, he at least opens a window. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's true, but there's usually a hallway in between. And that corridor can be narrow or wide, very small or very long. There may be only one or two doors to choose from, or there may be dozens of doors. As one person said, sometimes you go through hell out there in the hallway. Anybody been in transition lately? Anybody been in between seasons looking for God to do something next? Well, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to back off from the new doors of opportunity that your heavenly father has for you. So he drags you through hell out there in the hallway. And I want to say today, don't let your hallway become an endless waiting room of discouragement, hopelessness, or despair. Let God prepare you in the hallway. Let him work deeply in your heart in the hallway. Maybe those of you connecting with us or even in the room, Maybe you're walking through the dark hallway of divorce right now or broken relationships. Maybe you're going through a, a time and a season and a hallway of financial stress or even career failure. Maybe you're walking through a bad report from the doctor or a spirit of addiction that keeps attaching itself to your life. Maybe your dark hallway is a hallway of loneliness or depression. I'm gonna say don't give up because this, listen, I don't know how long it will take. I don't know how long the hallway is or if it's Monty Hall at the other end saying, let's make a deal. Door number one, door number two, door number three. I don't know, but I know this. God will open doors to your high places if you'll let him. God will open the doors to your high places if you let him. We have ushers in the church that we just celebrated a few moments ago. But I want to tell you, God wants to be your doorkeeper. He wants to be the one that opens and closes doors for you. If he is your shepherd, according to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and when he is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not be in lack. I shall not be trying to figure it out. If he's your shepherd, then he is your navigator. Because what a shepherd does, two things primarily that a shepherd does. He leads you and he feeds you. He leads you and he feeds you. And so when he leads you to the, to the green grass and the still waters, you gotta, you gotta feast, you gotta eat. When the, when the, when the Lord leads you, when the, when the Spirit of God as your shepherd leads you, he's your navigator. He is the one that will open and close the right doors. Now listen, the scriptures talk a, a whole lot about doors and gates. True promotion, the Bible says, comes from God alone. You're going through promotion right now in your life? That's still a transition. 
That can still be a difficult hallway, even if it's a, a, a step up, even if it's a plus step. The enemy will fight you at the threshold. He will fight you at that door. He will try to keep you locked in that hallway. He'll try to keep you lost from opening the right door. Or he'll try to get you so discouraged you won't even try the door. True promotion comes from God alone. And when you're there, even in a time of promotion, especially in a time of promotion, where you're stepping up another rung, another level in, those, in, that, in that elevator, in that, in that ladder of God, in the things that God wants to do in your life, when you're stepping there, you have to know that there are moments where you're gonna have to strengthen and steal your resolve and say, no, we are going through. Even if I made the wrong door choice before, this time I'm waiting on the right door and I'm waiting for the Lord to open it up. I'm not gonna kick anything down but he will open it because he is the doorkeeper of my life and of my heart. Psalm 24, verse three and four says this, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who's gonna go up to the high places? Or who may stand in his holy place? But he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Verse seven says, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies of heaven. He is the King of glory. My friends, this is the time like never before to break free from idolatry, to break free from putting anything else first in your life and in your heart. This is the time that we need to know that there is only one king and his name is Jesus. This is the time to know that our God is our source. And if we approach him with clean hands and a pure heart, he said we can ascend into the high places with him. He says that if you, if you want him to open your doors, then you gotta open the door of your heart first. You gotta open the gateway to you, to the real you, the insides of you. My grandsons are into this new, um, this new video game that they play once in a while called Dimensions. What they love about it is they have these portals that they can take characters from one, from say, um, I don't know, from the Lord of the Rings, and they can walk into through this portal and go into Lego world with, um, you know, Batman Lego, Lego Batman, all these different things. And they're so excited because they get to go from dimension to dimension. But to get there, they have to go through these portals. And I'm telling you that there are portals to your pinnacles, that there are ways that God wants to open up, and you've got to develop the discernment to know what to go through into that next dimension of God. Now, not only does God open doors, I wanna say this to you. God closes the doors that lead nowhere. The Bible says the key of David opens what needs to open, but closes what needs to close. And I think sometimes we don't give God the glory enough for the, the doors that he didn't open. The doors that we said, oh, I, I hope that's it. I want that to be the one. I need that job. I want that uh, spouse, I want that relationship. I want that thing. I, 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 this is it, Lord. Would you open this door? But when we say not 
my will, but yours be done. There are some times that the door doesn't open. And I think we need to start praising God for some things that didn't happen. Now, that's hard to do. So you got you to train yourself. There are some things you got to praise God for that didn't happen. Why? Because he kept the door closed. And if you would have had, if you would have been able to open it, you would have opened it or you would have kicked the thing down and you would have gone through into a, a door or a gate that led nowhere. Can anybody give some praise today to the God who closes the wrong doors? Amen. Amen. Thank God when we were looking 26 years ago, when we were looking for land, thank God he closed the doors to the land over. We were going to be in Maricamp, Maricamp Square where Church of Hope is. We, were, we, had, we thought we had a lease agreement signed and that weekend that it went to to the company to sign off on the lease that we made with them, the comp- that whole plaza sold to a conglomerate in Miami and they rejected our deal. And we were heartbroken. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? And the Lord began to talk to me about praying, not just pray, Lord, I claim that place in Jesus' name. But here's the thing. The Lord said, claim that or better, that or better. Amen. Because there are times when God gives you something to look at because the timing is still working for the best door. And so we had our eyes on that. We raised like $25,000 to go and put down on that place. And all of a sudden that door closed and we're, we, were, we were upset. We were upset. But we trusted God. My father-in-law was our administrator at the time, Bob Patrick, who's in heaven now. And Bob was a go-getter. And he said, look, with your permission, I just, I'm telling you, I hate paying rent. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. He said, I believe God has land for us. And we can take that $25,000 we raised to put into somebody else's pocket, renting up space, and we can buy land. And I said, well, we need a space pretty quick. Go ahead and look. And he found land next door to us. Some of you heard the story. Within a couple of weeks, we made an offer on eight acres over there on where the trees are just south of us on 441 here. Within a couple weeks, the people rejected that. We gave them a full price offer and they rejected it because they thought it sold too quickly and they must not have asked enough money. Wow. That's been sitting there now 26 years unsold. Unsold. Maybe that's ours too. And when that fell through, my father-in-law said, I'm gonna make one more call. Don't give up. And behind door number three, a man that owned this land and the back building there had cows and bees out here, just a little pasture land. There used to be a motel right where this building sits. Used to be a rock quarry over in the corner where our ball field is. In fact, the original city hall of Ocala, the bricks from it are buried over in our our property. I thought that was prophetic governmental building in, the, in our property. And my father-in-law gave that man an offer and offered him the same amount we offered for eight acres for 24 acres. And the guy said, yes. And we paid for it over five years, once an annual payment, once a year for five years. And it was paid for. And then we used it to get a mortgage to build this building. Now, my friends, there are times when uh, you you think I wasn't frustrated by all those delays and and false starts. Oh, I was frustrated. I was upset. 
Well, Lord, I thought it was this. But know that God is always working. If he's closing some doors, it's because there's better, there are better doors awaiting you. There are better gates to open. Better doors are going to open. Something great. We end up with 24 acres, three times as much land for $225,000. Back when they were estimating this land, maybe fifty dollars or $100,000 an acre, we got it for less than $10,000 an acre. I mean, that's a miracle. All we had to do was keep moving in the hallway and not get frustrated and not get upset and not get angry at God or the situation, but keep a sweet spirit and know that God is our doorkeeper. Can you say amen? Amen. I think that's for somebody today. I really do. I think that's for somebody. Maybe, maybe you're ready to force some doors open, but I'm telling you, <laughs> Father knows best. It's be an old show by that title. We need to praise God for the doors that didn't open, the things that didn't happen. Sometimes we settle for things that are not God's best or his perfect timing because we try to force the thing. Rather than asking, seeking, and knocking on heaven's door, we start focusing on trying to make it happen, baby. Make it happen. The end of the Lord's prayer, when, Jesus, when they said to Jesus, teach us to pray like you pray. And he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It finishes with, it finishes with thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And a few verses later, it's still an addendum to the same prayer. And I say to you that anyone who asks will receive. And he that seeks shall find. And to him that knocks, the door will be opened. Do you believe it? High places, we've been talking about high places this month. High places speak of your influence on others. That's what these doors are about. A couple of parts to this. A, you have more influence than you probably realize. Other people are watching you. Other people are listening to you. Even in a pandemic, especially in a pandemic, your neighbors are watching your reaction. They're watching for your response. They're listening to see if you're gonna act like everybody else does. We need to get back to being able to have conversations, by the way, that don't lead to anger, resentment, or I cancel you because you don't agree with me. The Bible says that the body of Christ is to be ruled by, listen, the law of kindness. If your focus in this time of COVID has been all about yourself, then you miss the boat and you may miss the door. Because the reality is that our priority individually and as a church is to impact others for the gospel, to win people that are hurting, lost, and broken, and they're not hard to find. There are a lot of lost, broken people right now, but they're waiting on somebody that's not freaking out. That's not running off and not using their platform on social media to blast everything and just be angry all the time. Can we learn to disagree disagree without being disagreeable? Can we learn to agree to disagree? That's a phrase we used to use. Hey, let's, you know what? We agree to disagree. Boy, that's not in the, out there in the culture right now, is it? We agree to disagree. 
Ah, take a breath. You don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to agree with their opinion. Not everything. I've said it a million times. If everything is a 10 out of 10 to, that, you, that raises your ire, makes you angry, if everything is a 10, then nothing is a 10. Because nobody's listening to you because all you are is another screamer, even if it's your, your typing that's doing it. Can I give you a revelation today that we seem to have forgotten? You're never going to agree with everything or everyone. And they're not always going to agree with you. And guess what? Big whoop. No big deal. Why? Because, listen, that's got to be okay. Even couples or families don't agree on every single issue in life. Here's another revelation. You don't know other people's hearts. Only God does. The difference between discernment, <clears throat> which we're told to do, and judging someone, which we're told not to do, is determined by what Jesus tells us to do is measure fruit. Measure fruit. Character. What does that person produce? Judging someone is judging them by their heart motives. Well, he, he said this, so he must have meant that, so he believes this. Well, you don't know that. You took that really quickly to a conclusion that may never have existed. And you've now appointed yourself to be God. That's called idolatry. You're not God and I'm not God. And only God judges hearts. Only God knows. The Bible says that the word of God discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. And no matter how spiritual you may be, no matter how anointed you may be, you don't read everybody's thoughts and you don't read everybody's heart. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't. A lot of shouting going on today, huh? Wow. As the Beach Boys sing, God only knows. Pastor Robert Gay recently wrote a, something I, I reposted if you follow me on social media. And I try to only put up positive stuff or good things. Some people still get mad, by the way, <laughs> no matter what I post. I put a scripture up, Jesus loves you, and I'll have somebody upset somewhere. Because it's the anointing on my life. It's not about what I'm saying. Pastor Robert Gay recently wrote about the first 12 apostles, and he had an interesting take. I never heard it before. He said one was Matthew, a tax collector, which we know, and tax collectors of that time were more like a combination of, they were like the Roman IRS uh, mixed with the German Gestapo, okay? So this guy was a hated dude. This guy was like a stormtrooper, okay? He was a bad guy. Matthew, that's why he changed them to Levi and started a jeans company. But anyway, so... He worked, listen, he worked with and for the government of Rome. That's what he did. And then another guy was called Simon the Zealot. Now, he wasn't mentioned much in Scripture, but here's what we know, that there, was a, there were a group of Jews called the Zealots back in that time. And listen, they were bent on a revolution by violently overthrowing the occupation of Israel by the Roman Empire. Now, out of Jesus' first 12... He chooses a guy that is pro-Rome and a guy that is anti-Rome and puts them next to each other to Rome together. 
Different spelling, anyway. Isn't that amazing that these guys are put in the same, the same spot for three and a half years with Jesus, and they probably had very, like, diametrically opposed opinions about the government. But they found the love of Jesus, and together they changed the world. Simon the Zealot became a powerful preacher. And out of those 12 apostles, he was still part of the 12 in the upper room when Pentecost came. And undoubtedly, God used him in great ways, even though he had been a revolutionary. Think about that. As I said, high places speak of your influence on others. Part B is this. It's not what you know, it's who you know. We, we, we're for that, right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, you know what? That means this. People will open and close doors for you. It's true. Everything that is of God happens by relationship, not osmosis. Doesn't happen because you're nice. It happens because you know somebody. Listen, people not only will open and close doors for you, people actually are your doors at times. Just don't use the people. Don't use them. Build relationship, and out of, it, out of that organic, doors open. You have to force them. I hope you're getting some today, because this is, I'm enjoying this maybe more than you are. People are not your source, so you can't use them. But they're utilized by God to position you, or to introduce you to someone, or something, or the next level. Often the people are the doors themselves. They introduce you into their world, into their circle of love. Or if you saw, you know, meet the parents, into the circle of trust. Make sure you love people and use things, not the other way around. Because if you love things and use people, your doors will eventually stop being opened at all. Genuine relationships are worth investing in. Divine relationships are worth investing in. Not just being a taker, but being a giver. And you know what? If you want your doors to open at the right time, sometimes you gotta start opening doors for somebody else. Zig Ziglar used to say this, if you want to reach everything that you have dreamed about for your life, then help as many people as you can to reach their dreams. You help them, God will help you. High places also speak of another thing. I'm almost done. High places speak of God's favor on your life. Speak of God's favor on life. The scriptures reveal impossible situations where people that were absolutely hated found an unexplainable favor with those who hated them. The Bible says Joseph found favor in Potiphar's house. Found favor with the keeper of the prison, the warden of the prison. Found favor with Pharaoh and came up in a corrupt system to become the prime minister of Egypt in a time where the world needed God's wisdom to survive. God used Joseph and gave him favor in the sight of God and in the sight of man. That anointing for favor is on your life. Israel 
Before they left Egypt, the Bible says that they went to every person of the Egyptians and asked for their silver and their gold and their expensive clothing and jewelry. And the Egyptians who hated them said, yes, here, take everything. Take all of my wealth. Take all my worldly goods. Just go. The ones that held them back not only became their doorway out, but provided all the finances for the trip. One of the definitions, one of my favorite definitions of the word grace is the unmerited favor of God. And I want to tell you, if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, then God's favor is on you. His favor is on you when you go to work tomorrow. His favor is on you when you go to school tomorrow. His favor is on you. His anointing is on you. His favor is on you for doors to open that need to open and for doors to close that need to close. Be in that moment thankful for what God wants to do. Finally this, God doors attract resistance. When Paul the apostle said, hey, pray for me. I'm staying in Ephesus until Pentecost. Why? Because at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's gonna pour out in a new way. And he said, and great and effective doors have opened unto me. But, don't you hate people's butts? <laughs> but, there are many adversaries. There's adversity. There are challenges. There is a ruckus. Every time you as a believer are about to go and find that door in the hallway, the enemy may launch a distraction, an assault, an accusation, a lie, a bad report, whatever it is, trying to keep you from even trying the doorknob. I want to say to you that God wants to open doors for you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. But as Barbara Yoder wrote about that scripture, the breaker shall come for you. The breaker shall help you through the door and through the gate. The breaker, the Messiah shall rise. She said this, warfare intensifies at the threshold. Every time you're right at the, when, when, when the warfare is at its worst, it's because you're right there on the edge of the doorway. When it gets really intense, it's because you're right there, right on that edge of a new opportunity, a clearing, a breakthrough. Pastor Lindsay wrote a song years ago called The Breaker is Rising. Just a little chorus. I haven't done it in years. I'm the, he's got it up or whatever, but it's, it's the breaker is rising. He says you're healed. He says, he calls you. We are who God calls us to be. Right now, many of you are at a breaking point. Many of you are at the threshold of something new, a level, a shift, a change, a breakthrough for you emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, in your health, in your healing, a miracle, whatever it is, God wants to do it. What's the takeaway from today? If it seems like you're going through hell during a season of 
changes and transitions, you may be standing right in front of your new door of destiny and your new door of breakthrough. Don't give up. Don't give up. Knock on the door. Stand there where the Lord leads you to stand and don't move from that spot until you know that that door is a God door. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? No one looking around, maybe at home right now, wherever you are, would you just do the same thing? Just out of respect for God, would you just bow your head and just close your eyes? With all my heart, I believe that this word this month has been a prophetic word, a word about where we are as the body of Christ, not just where we are as now church. And therefore, I believe that this word, this message is for you, that there are doors and gates, that there are things that God wants to open, new dimensions, new areas, portals. And if you're going through hell in the hallway, it's time to break that thing off of you. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and I knock on your door. He said, if anyone opens unto me, I will come in to him or her and I will fellowship with him or her and I will make my home in him or her. I don't know where you are right now, but I'll tell you, before you go pounding on God's door, I believe he's knocking on your door first and asking for a new level and layer of the surrender of your heart. That your yes would be another yes, a fresh yes. God, I'll do whatever you wanna do. I'll go anywhere you wanna go. I'll say anything you wanna say. Father, if you can do something in my life, do it. Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, fill me up and empower me. Before we go any further, I just wanna just right here, right now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, or maybe you've just gotten to a place where you stopped serving him, where you stopped leaning into him, where you just kinda, you're kinda checked out or you just kind of, you become like a zombie, you're kind of dead on the inside. You're kind of, your prayer life is kind of suffering and everything else is kind of suffering because you're just kind of in a plateau, just kind of sitting there existing and you're not really living for God. You know who you are. All over this place and everywhere online, if that's you, there needs to be this boldness. When you're gonna take a door Paul said this, he said, pray for me that when these opportunities arise that I would have the boldness to speak and to do what I'm supposed to do, to be who I'm supposed to be. It takes an anointing of boldness. Paul, one of the boldest guys ever lived, kept saying, pray for me that I have boldness. Pray for me that I have boldness. I'm praying for you that in these moments you have the boldness to take a stand. If you're here today, 
And you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to get my, I, I want my yes to be a new yes for God. I, I'm, I am ready to surrender anything and everything. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up right now in this room? Just lift it up and keep it up. And anybody online, lift it up and keep it up right now. I can't see all of you. I see some hands in the room, but I can see, I can't see those of you at home. But God knows you. He knows your heart and he sees if you're making that stand and making that reach. Father, in Jesus' name, reveal yourself to everyone who's heart is open, whose hand is raised, everyone who is hungry for more. You said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Holy Spirit, would you move on behalf of the kingdom of God in Jesus' name? Would you move into the lives of those who open themselves up and open the door to their hearts in a brand new way? In Jesus' name. One more thing. In Jesus' name. One more thing, one more thing, one more thing. If you're in a season of, if, that, if, you that, if you're in the hallway right now, if you're in a hallway of transition in some area of your life, and this message was, was the Holy Spirit speaking to you, I'm not gonna have you come up to the front, but I'm gonna have you stand up right where you are. Just stand up. If you're in your home, if you're in a hotel room, wherever you are, if you're in the bathroom watching on your phone, don't stand up but everybody else, look at that. That's a lot of people. Would you stretch your hands toward the people around you right now? Would you just pray for them right now with me? Father, your people are hearing your word and responding. Your people are in seasons of change and seasons of transition. And many are going through hell in the hallway. Many are going through pain, trying to find that next new door. Holy Spirit, would you breathe life into them? Give them discernment of the doors ahead. Let the wrong ones close and stay closed and stay locked. No matter what we thought, no matter what we feel, no matter what we feel emotionally. Father, let the new door now, let that new door of destiny begin to glow begin to breathe, begin to move. Let that door begin to reveal itself right now. Maybe you're looking for a new place to live and you're getting frustrated. Man, it's a crazy market out there right now. If you're looking for a new place to live, I pray in Jesus' name that that new place would begin to speak to you, that God would begin to show himself in that new area, that new place, that new home, that new rental, that new house you're going to build, whatever it is, God, we believe that you have the best for your people. And we pray that every person would find your healing, find that wholeness in this time now, and that the doors we say, I prophesy to the doors, to the right doors and only the right doors, open, open door, open gates. Swing wide, you everlasting doors. Open, open in the name of Jesus and let there be no delay and let it be so clear that everyone in this transition knows that they know that they know that they know that it's a God door and a God time. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. 
name. Can you sing something, Pastor Lindsay? You can sit down. Just put your hands together if you got something today. Just sing something, Pastor Lindsay. The Bible says there's one who scatters seed. Proverbs 11, 24. There's one who scatters seed, yet increases more. And there is one that withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich or abundantly well supplied, have enough and more than enough. And he who waters or refreshes others will be watered or be refreshed himself. I wanna say a huge thank you to those of you that are regular givers at Now Church because this week, we were able to do something really fantastic. Some of you went with us last summer on our missions trip to Bulgaria, and you saw the mission to the Romani children, the orphanage, in one of the poorest sections of one of the poorest countries. We found out this past week that Pastor Bojidar Simeonov, they call him, we call him Pastor Bobby, because you can't say Bojidar. Pastor Bobby, through COVID, their church's finances have dropped by 80%, 80, 80%. And they even operate a thrift store next door to their church to try to pay for their outreach to these special Romani people. 80%. And when Pastor Chad Braswell and I found out about it, we teamed up between Metro Church in Boston and Now Church in Ocala we found out that to take care of that orphanage of 100 kids, that school of 100 kids, is about $500 US dollars a month. And they're running behind and, and really they were about to have to close this for these kids. This is the only lifeline for those kids there. It's a few hours away from even Plovdiv, Bulgaria, where we went. Got a couple of pictures. Can we put those pictures up? This is one of the houses where these kids live. These kids, well, the baby in the middle doesn't look happy, but everybody else is okay. I mean, look at these, these people are living in 2020 in a home like this. Show the next one if you would. These folks were so thankful. We were able to already send two months worth this week between the two churches. And next week out of our heart for the house, we're gonna take care, together with, with Metro Church, we're taking care of five months to, of these kids because of you, because of your giving, because of what you're doing. Thank God that what we do here, what you do today and every time keeps going, keeps giving, keeps, it keeps going to the nations. We don't talk about it all the time, but I was so moved by this. We have any, do we have any more pictures or that was it? I don't know if we have any more now. Yeah, look at this house. That is thrown together backsplash from somebody's kitchen put thrown up there to be a wall in like a shed. That's where people are living in 2020. Any more? Is that it? I think that's it. Think about that. What kind of opportunity do we have? Can I tell you that the poorest of our people in Ocala are rich compared to that? No matter what you've been told. God wants to do something through us. Amazing. 
I'm going to pray for you as we give. I know you're going to do it on your way out the door. Some of you are doing it online right now. But thank you. Next week, we have another thing I'll tell you next week. It's incredible. Great opportunities are happening all around us. And we're excited to be an answer for people that are hurting. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for blessing every gift, every giver. Let your anointing be upon this church, this people. As every person begins to step out, you said when we sow our seed, we'll reap a harvest. You said that if we refresh others, we will be refreshed. If we water others, we'll be watered. You said that it's possible to give away and increase more. But if we hold on too tightly, it leads us to lack and poverty. Today we cast our bread upon the waters, gladly and excitedly knowing, and we pray for right now for the people of Plavdiv and the church there, Pastor Bobby and his wife. We pray for those in that outreach from hours away in the Romani area in the camps. We pray for those people, God, that through this time of worldwide trial and tribulation, that you would reveal yourself through these finances and other things that we can do to help those folks right now and to get them food, to get them help, to take care of those orphan children. And we thank you for them. We speak life over them and health over them and healing over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together and thank the Lord right now? Praise God. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.